0: Hi, how's everyone doing? I'd like to say welcome back to my podcast, Let's Talk About It, with me, your host, Felita. Uh, First, I'd like to say thank you to everyone who has supported and downloaded my first episode that was released last Wednesday on friendships. Thank you so much for supporting and my hopes are that you will continue to support and share with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. This is something that is very personal to me, and I want to do the best job at it. Again, there was some great feedback and um, a lot of questions and maybe in a few weeks, we'll do a Q&A and I'll be able to answer a lot of the questions that you have um, pertaining to friendships and we'll be able to go slightly deeper with that as well. So today is my second episode and I am really, really, um, I'm excited and a little nervous as well because we are going to talk and dive deep into grief and loss and what that looks like what that may feel like to some people are you dealing with it um have you not have you packed it away in a little box like i have definitely done at times i have the distinct pleasure of having a dear friend who is also a doctor dr monica young who is a psychotherapist Joining us today to really dive deep and really go into grief and loss. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Monica. Yes. (laughs) So what I wanted to do is um, first of all, um, I wanted to start off and just um share a story with everyone. That's I'm sorry, this is personal with me. Um So 12 years ago, December 20th, 2011, I lost my biological father and dealing with the loss and the grief has been extremely challenging because it's just not, I lost my dad. It's a lot of other issues that surround that, um, that had to do with like, you know, my parents divorced when I was very young, abandonment issues and uh, substance abuse, just touch, you know, lightly on it and maybe in the future I'll circle back. But my father was an alcoholic. And through the years of educating myself, I realized that it is a disease, he couldn't help it. Um, his father was an alcoholic and my uncle was one. He was one. Um, there's a lot of, um, grief that, um, I have dealt with. Um, but I know that I still have a lot of work to do so quickly when my dad passed away, we were estranged and had been estranged for many, many years. I know that he loved me as I loved him as well. However, I had a lot of anger and um, rage, hurt surrounding that um, relationship between the two of us. When my dad passed away, I was pregnant with my son. And I made a conscious decision to not attend the funeral. My aunts, as well as my mother, they were all very supportive and they understood the dynamic of the relationship. No one judged me for that. That was something that I had to deal with and come to terms with personally. So I wanna say maybe two years ago, I had really been thinking about him. And I was in the shower and I just burst into tears because I missed him and I wanted him to know that I loved him and I forgave him. And I wanted to know most importantly, if he forgave me. And I do believe in my heart that he has forgiven me and I have reconciled and made some peace with that and I am still a work in progress. There's a lot more unpacking that I need to do. However, I felt that that was such a huge step for me. I hate to walk through life having regrets and I think at the time, I know at the time, I'm sorry, that it was something that I needed to do and I was okay with that. And I am still okay with that. I do love my father. I did love him and I still do love him. And I know in my heart that he has forgiven me. And again, like I, I said, I still have so much unpacking to do. I'm an adult and I still, oh God, this is so funny because I'm getting so emotional and people are like, oh my God, we have never seen Felita this way, but I am
1: human. Yeah, this is a very uh, subject. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. and i um I have like i stated i I have a lot more unpacking to do to really deal and come to peace with a lot of things you know from my childhood growing up, so if we talk about grief, you know, I've been carrying this grief for many, many years, and I just. Like I stated, uh, December 20th will be 12 years um, that my dad's been gone. And up until recently, two years ago, I started to make peace with that. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my story. And um, I'm sure we'll do some more unpacking Uh, along the line um, with this podcast because we are going raw, we're going deep and unfiltered and no one is (laughs) going to be excluded, including your host, me. So that's just uh, a little bit and I wanted to share that to let you know um, that this is a safe place and I ask that you um, email DM me um, your questions, your thoughts, please share it, share this episode. Again, with friends, colleagues, family members, I'm sure you know, someone or yourself, personally, who uh, may be struggling, have struggled in the past, haven't um, um, began to unpack a lot of the grief and the loss in your lives. So um, this is my opportunity right now. I'm going to give this platform to Dr. Monica Young um, for her to open up and (laughs) elaborate on a little bit of what I just um, emotionally went through and shared with my audience.
1: Uh Dr. Young, well, first of all, I want to just commend you for sharing your story. It takes a lot of courage to go into the space that you just went into um with your own grief, and I know that by you sharing this experience you're you know you're really helping a lot of people out there to you know come to terms with their own loss and you said something that was very relevant to to this challenge of of grief and that's you know there is a lot of emotional pain that's still there that you're still you know unpacking and really trying to more so than anything you know just forgive forgive yourself And forgiving him along the way, Um, and right there, like that's that's a layer. That's a layer of grief. It it involves forgiveness on so many levels, just depending on the experience um, for for every individual or the loss. And so, one of the things that I feel is important to share, which you've already kind of you know spoken to, is that grief is a very complex emotion it impacts the mind, it impacts the body, um, it, it it impacts your spirit. And all of these things are kind of impacted by, you know, by that loss. And I mean it, it can occur, you might might feel this sense of grief, grief before you experience the loss. You know, that's the anticipation of it. Um, or you might experience grief following um, that significant loss. So that is something that's really important for people to know. Um, and so I'm definitely here to answer whatever, you know, questions that you have specifically about this or so whatever questions you feel your audience will want to know. But I, I definitely wanted to, you know, just kind of explain, you know, what grief is and yeah you know, because I know there can be a lot of confusion surrounding this emotional experience for a lot of people. So definitely keep that in mind. Like, you know, you're not just dealing with, you know, a singular emotional feeling. Um, this isn't just a linear process. Like, you know, it it impacts quite a few, few things.
0: Right, thank you. And uh, <clears throat> my apologies, um, sorry. Dr. Uh, Monica young, um, specializes in grief and loss. She is the uh, founder of hopes corner LLC located in Orlando, Florida. Um, and at the end I'll share her information. If you have any, it'll be linked, uh, on my page as well. Um, and on my Instagram as well. So if you have any questions or you want to reach out to her, uh, you can do that as well. First question I'd like to ask you, Dr. Young, is why do you
1: think people take so long to grieve? Well, for most people, symptoms of grief seem to lessen over time. But it is so important, you know, for me to note that, you know, this experience is very rel- relative and unique to the individual. So there's really no set time frame. Like for me as a clinician, it's very difficult to subscribe to the belief that there is a set time frame associated with the grieving process. How each individual experiences grief and how they respond to it, or that mourning, um, the mourning process, may look very different across cultural, social, and religious contexts. Um, even Kubla Ross. Um, who was a pioneer in the field of grief and loss counseling and her biography, which was written by Joan Laxon, she acknowledged that not all people experience loss the same. And some may have symptoms that persist throughout the remainder of their lives, but like just depending on the severity of the loss, as you've attested to, mm-hmm. you said 12 years ago, you, you lost your father. And as you're unpacking, as you're coming to terms with you know, that absence, Come into term, not just with the absence of his physical presence, but the abs- absence of that emotional relationship. Yeah, there's a lot there. Now, is that does this mean that you're taking too long um, to process your grief or to manage your grief? It's if this is natural to you, like this is something that you said, you know, it feels right to me. Like the the space you're in now, you made a decision and you feel good about the space that you're in now, but you acknowledge, Hey, you know, I still have this, this grief, grief, this, this, you know, yearning for that relationship with my father.
0: I do. And it's like, I said, it's just, it's so funny. You will move through life and you'll feel, you know, you think you're okay or you've you've dealt with it. And I knew last week when I said, you know what? I wanna talk about grief and loss and what that looks like. I knew that it was going to be emotional because as I stated earlier, I'm a work in progress. I think we can tend to, at least I know that I can, I'm a master at compartmentalizing so many things in my life. Um, Like it doesn't bother me, you know, um, like I'm a superhero, which I'm not. And. You know, I don't know, and maybe you can. Shed some light on this. Maybe it's my upbringing. I was raised by an extremely strong woman uh, who was single for years before she remarried my stepfather. And um, I do believe culturally, um, or some uh, ethnicities do not show that pain or have a hard time with that. And growing up, seeing my mother be an amazing mom and navigate life was quite amazing. And also, it just makes me think like, Yeah, for me, my mom was a superhero because I don't know, I could, I'm I'm an adult now, maybe two or three times I've ever seen my mom cry. So I don't know, you know, um, some people that know me will say I have this, you know, I am, you know, I'm, but then this, you know, it all goes back to like the friendships, just like keeping this layer up and protecting oneself. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, trauma that we've had in our life or how we were raised. So I have become a master at compartmentalizing so many things in my life that, I would say the average person would fall apart, but I tuck it away and choose to deal with it later. Is it right? Absolutely not. But that's how I have chosen to. And again, like I said, I know that I am a work in progress. So I guess, again, Do you think that that is how we grieve? Any type of losses in our life has anything to do with
1: the way we were raised culturally? Definitely. Yeah, culture definitely plays a major role in how we grieve, right? So that's that cultural conditioning. Like this is what you you learned or how you learned how to respond to loss, to be strong. And that's not uncommon in certain cultural groups. Even, you know, in my own experiences, I recall when my father passed away, I was, you know, in my early twenties. And I remember the first thing being told by my mother at the time was you have to be strong. Mm -hmm. And so when you have this sort of expectation kind of placed upon you you want to you know you want to follow it like you 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 believe that okay this is the way that I am supposed to deal with all of these emotions that I'm experiencing in this moment I have to be strong and what does that mean like what does it mean to be strong right <clears throat> and you know if it's never really kind of explained to you then you just look like you're you're looking at how your the people that are telling you to be strong are demonstrating their strength if that's by silence then that's what you learn this is being strong I'm going to be silent I'm dealing with this loss so I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to you know just suppress these emotions that I'm feeling right now that I can't quite explain they're here but I need to be strong And so that is definitely something that I encounter with a lot of clients um, that I work with, you know, the the influence of their their cultural upbringing, that cultural conditioning, Mm -hmm. social influences, and religion as Mm -hmm. well. And so what I typically look for when I'm working with clients is how the grief may be impacting their daily life. That is, you know, are they unable to work because they can't stop thinking about the loss are they now experiencing symptoms of what i would consider clinical depression are they engaging in maladaptive like behaviors like you know going out every night drinking neglecting you know maybe family responsibilities and if they say to me personally like you know look i experienced this loss and i am falling apart i need help with this or that and that is what i focus on because again I don't want them to feel like this is it's a negative thing, like I don't want them to feel like their grief isn't healthy mm-hmm. it's to them, they're recognizing that these behaviors as a result of this emotional pain I'm dealing with, it's causing these breakdowns in other areas of my life um, that's what we'll focus on, like you know because it's what they're telling me they need to, to address.
0: Right. So interesting. So I just wanted to circle back on something that you said that actually, you know, stuck out and resonated with me. So do you find that more men are apt to have, to have those mal- maladaptive behaviors around any form of uh, grief, because they're supposed to be strong they're supposed to you know put on that face so they engage in these maladaptive behaviors do you find that or do you find it in both is it the same with male or female or do you find it's more
1: uh, prevalent in um, men I definitely see it you know with both both genders like it's you know, the way they express their, their grief or their emotions in general, like, you know, it's, you know, it can be the same or it can be different. Like, again, it's a very unique and individualistic Mm -hmm. process Mm -hmm. because there are some men, you know, who grew up in households where they're, they were taught to, you know, share how they're feeling, you know, you know, let they talk about it. You know, and as you know in much the same way that you know women are you know taught or you know kind of expected socially you know to communicate mm-hmm. um or talk about talk about things, and so it really just depends on the individual um I can't say you know that with either one one gender it would it would be different
0: right it's just it's uh it's really interesting because. I really never. Oh, geez, I don't think I've really even given it a lot of thought that up until. Um, you know, the other day, I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to talk about this and it's been 12 years and I actually really just started to unpack <clears throat> these feelings. Um, so many feelings Uh just two years ago, and it's almost been, you know, like I said, the, almost twelve years. So, yeah, <laughs> that's so interesting. I was having a conversation with my mother the other day and told her, uh, you know, how two years ago I started to unpack and I started to forgive. So, I've, yeah, interesting that I would choose this particular subject <laughs> to really important? uh dive into. And yeah, it it's important. And I think uh so many of us, you know, um just you've said you just move through life and just you you don't deal with it. And I do believe that there is gonna come a point in your life, you know, it could be 10 years, 20 years, whatever, that you are going to have to sit and really deal with that grief. That's my personal feeling on it. Yeah. Okay. um, I just have a few questions. Do you think that people are
1: afraid to grieve? Well, I primarily work with people that are aware that they are grieving And they're seeking counseling as a means of helping with that process, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is, you know, coping with that loss. But in terms of death and dying specifically, like if we're not talking about other losses, like, you know, losses that can occur as a result of, you know, a job transition or a relationship ending, but specifically to death and dying, I believe that in our society as a whole, there is a fear and anxiety that's associated with conversations about death and dying. Um, but this is probably one of the most, you know, really one of the most important conversations we need to have within our families, like in supportive circles, which can really help to reduce the stress, any emotional pain that's associated with the loss associated with the death. Um, it's like if you you don't know something, you know, for a lot of people that that uncertainty can create, you know, some anxiety that can create fear when you don't know what to expect in any given situation. So you can imagine if you're not having these conversations, then your mind's just kind of, you know, expecting everything. And I work with quite a few people that, you know, tend to lean more towards the worst case scenario and they react to just that. Um, And so if you have these conversations and a very, you know, healthy way, you know, even, you know, for some, some individuals who are, you know, caring for elderly parents, you know, you have these end of life conversations, like you plan these things out, which are typical, you know, you kind of expect that at that age, it, it helps in that with that grieving process, like you're able to establish a sense of closure in a lot of ways, because you're starting that conversation. But it's not a conversation that, you know, most people typically have in like their early 20s or their, you know, a younger age because we don't expect it, right? Like it's not something that we expect will right. happen. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. we're just going we're not gonna open that door. We're gonna keep that door closed because it's not important right now. But it's right. definitely an important door to open. It'll be less to unpack if you do.
0: Right. So interesting. And I think it's it's really important. Um me as a mom to you know let my son know that it's okay to have to grieve it's okay to have a day where you're like well i felt great and then maybe today you just i'm just feeling down well it's okay because i i miss you know um just recently lost like i stated uh within three months of each other his grandmother and his papa who he was really you know not that close with his grandmother Uh, but extremely close to my father-in-law, his papa, who lived with us for probably a a decade. So um, I think it's important to let the younger children know that it's natural, it's okay. It's not like, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, it's okay um,
1: to really grieve and, you know, I guess...